0: This episode is brought to you by OneSkin, which is my go-to for skincare no matter the weather. Because unlike other products that you need to change up with the seasons, OneSkin products are powered by their scientifically proven peptide called OS1, which reduces the accumulation of damaged aging cells. Basically, instead of masking the issues, OneSkin addresses them at a cellular level, boosting your skin's natural barrier to lock in moisture and help protect against the elements. For a limited time, Birthful listeners will get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code BIRTHFUL when you check out at oneskin.co. And I 100% recommend One Skin. Not only does it make my skin feel, act, and appear younger, but friends that I haven't seen for a while are taking notice and asking, what are you doing to your skin? It is that good. And I also love their expanding line. On a day-to-day basis, I use One Skin Prep to wash my face, then I apply their OS1i topical supplement around my eyes and their OS1 face on my face and neck. Or if I know I'm going to be out in the sun for a while, then I use their OS1 Shield, which has an SPF that prevents UV-induced aging and repairs cellular aging all at once. Easy peasy. Get started today with 15% off using code BIRTHFUL at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with the code BIRTHFUL. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them BIRTHFUL sent you. Help your skin stay younger and healthier for longer with OneSkin. I'm a huge fan of preparation and prevention, and one of the most impactful and immediate ways to influence maternal and infant health is through nourishing nutrition. But honestly, when was the last time any of your providers had a meaningful conversation with you about eating habits and prenatal supplements? Prioritizing nutrition can truly change perinatal health for the better, which is why when talking about prenatal supplements, I'm proud to partner with Needed. They've redesigned the prenatal vitamin from the ground up, Based on the latest clinical research and in-practice experience of testing thousands of pregnant people's nutrient levels to know what they actually needed, not just to meet some bare minimum needs. And what I always tell my clients is that even though they're called prenatal vitamins, you should continue to take supplements during postpartum and beyond because your body still needs so much nutritional support. I love that at Needed, they understand this and have different plans to make it easy for you to meet your optimal micronutrient, microbiome, and protein needs. They have a fertility support plan, a plan for each of the four trimesters, and a lactation support plan, just to name a few. Needed is recommended by nearly 4,000 doctors, midwives, doulas, and nutritionists and is proud to be the first perinatal nutrition company that's B Corp and climate-neutral certified. Head over to thisisneeded.com and use code BIRTHFUL for 20% off your first month of Needed products. That's thisisneeded.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 20% off your first month of needed products. Hello, mighty parent or parent-to-be. Welcome to BIRTHFUL. I'm Adriana Lozada and we've got something a little bit different for you as we continue with our nutrition and nourishment series. Now, when we do stories here at Birthful, we usually focus on the transformation that happens during birth and the enormous shifts in your identity during postpartum. But of course, you know that all those changes start right from when you find out you're pregnant and even while you're trying to conceive, especially if you have a challenging fertility process. It is all hard. So to honor those early challenges, today we're switching it up to bring you a pregnancy story. My guest is mental health advocate and creator of the WTF Is Happening to My Body video series, Cameron Rogers, who you may know as Freckled Foodie on Instagram. I wanted to talk to Cameron specifically because she's someone openly living with general anxiety disorder, and so she made it a priority to nourish her mental health as much as her physical health during pregnancy. And frankly, we are seeing that mental health during pregnancy is increasingly important as research is showing that about 15 to 21% of pregnant people experience moderate to severe symptoms of depression or anxiety during pregnancy. So it's not just postpartum, which is where the conversation is usually centered. So here we go. You're listening to Birthful, here to inform your intuition. Welcome to the show Cameron. I am delighted to have you here. Also because we're going to be doing something different today, which is telling a pregnancy story, and I can't believe we haven't had a pregnancy story in, you know, however many years we've been doing this. So, welcome as a guinea pig, I guess.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, and I think it will be interesting for your listeners also because, you know, I think so much goes into that fourth trimester and parenthood. But a lot of emotions, as you know, are happening in those nine months of pregnancy as well.
0: Oh, so, so much. So much. Before we get into the the deep dive into the feelings and the emotions, though, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you identify?
1: Yes. So my name is Cameron Rogers. I am a content creator in the health and wellness space. So I do this through my main platform, which is Instagram, uh, Freckled Foodie, and then my website, YouTube, TikTok, podcast. You know, I try to hit all the social media platforms. I live in New York City. I'm married to my high school sweetheart, and I'm about to be a first-time mom. As we're recording right now, I'm almost 35 weeks, so we are approaching the end line very quickly and very slowly at the same time.
0: Well, it's so funny you said that because that whole sort of limbo of time where things are quick and fast at the same time, you're just getting primed for it. Like that's how birth is going to feel. And oh my God, those first years with your kid,
1: right? I feel such a mix of emotions around this end of my pregnancy because I feel so honestly overwhelmed of the concept of giving birth and being a parent for the rest of my life and so in that sense i'm like i'm not ready for this and then i'm also wildly uncomfortable right now and i'm not able to sleep and you know it's just the end is difficult physically and i am very ready to have the baby in my arms and not in my belly anymore and so at the same time i feel panic over it feeling like tomorrow and then struggles over it feeling like I still have eternity to go, yet it's the same amount of time. It's so odd.
0: Yes. And all those feelings, I mean, it really shows how we are so complex as human beings that we can be and all these things. Of course. But let's take it back to when you first 35 weeks ago or a little... Well, you didn't know then, th- thirty-five <laughs> weeks ago, that you were pregnant yet. But when you first found out that
1: you were pregnant, how was that initial finding out? So it was a bit of a interesting experience because we had thought we got married in twenty eighteen in the fall, and we had always thought, okay, we'll have like two years of just our married life, and then we'll start to tr- have you know try to have children and start the can all that whole process and. I've always had some health struggles, just some odd things happen. And I wanted to get ahead of it. And I've always been fearful um, that conceiving would be difficult for me. And I had been on birth control for uh, 11, 12 years of my life. And it then took me a year to get an actual period after getting my ID out. So I really wanted to be mindful of this. So I got my blood work done. And um, one of my levels came back lower than expected, my AMH. And so my doctor wanted me to test it again. It came back low again. And so she said, you know, technically, it's lower than I would like. It was a 0.7. And I want you to just talk to a fertility specialist so that they can run more tests just to see what's going on. And so I spoke virtually with one fertility specialist and Honestly, like right off the bat, she was like, I want you to do IVF. I think you should get ahead of this. And I I felt very overwhelmed because something I had been so fearful of was now seeming to become a reality. And it felt very forced by this one doctor to just automatically jump the gun because my husband and I hadn't even been trying to conceive yet. And so I obviously wanted to get a second opinion. I scheduled an appointment with a second doctor and in those two weeks of hearing that I was potentially going to have to do IVF and meeting with another doctor, um, my husband and I like stopped the contraception methods we had been using because we were like, well, if we have to do IVF, I mean, who needs these methods anymore? And we were wrong. Um, so I ended up having really bad implantation cramps. Now I know what they were, um, but really bad cramping for like three days. And I usually get bad cramps before my period comes. And it was a little early. So I was very confused and it it, it just kept cramping and there was no blood. And so I, I just had this weird thought. I said, what if I am pregnant? That would be wild. And I took a test without even telling my husband, because I really thought there was zero chance. And Next thing I knew, I was screaming from the bathroom, to ca- calling him in. He comes in. He's like, what is going on? I was like. I just took a pregnancy test and I'm pregnant. He's like, what, you, what? huh? Like it went from zero to 60 for him because he didn't even know I was taking it. So of course we went to CVS and got like five more because we thought there was no way it was possible. I mean, obviously I was so happy and excited and grateful, but at the same time, I was wildly confused and surprised because we hadn't technically been trying and I had just been told we were going to have to do IVF. So it was a roller coaster of emotions in that moment. That is for sure.
0: And once that kind of settled in, and I mean, it take it's not a thing like boom, it settles in and you're done, right? right? It, it takes a long time. Um, but once you were more acclimated to the idea of being pregnant, what then did you shift your attention to? What came next?
1: For us, it was a lot of excitement. I'm someone that cannot keep things to myself when they are my own information. So within two days, our entire family had known. (laughs) So we told people very early. Also because if something were to God forbid happen, I wanted my support system there with me for that entire process. And so I felt very comfortable in sharing this information with my close family and friends. So there was a lot of excitement. It's the first grandchild on both sides of our family. I was just very grateful. And I think that immense gratitude and excitement was wonderful to bask in. But for me personally, it didn't last all too long because I did have some rough first trimester symptoms that just totally wiped me out. And it quickly turned to what the heck is happening. Like, I do not recognize, I don't feel like I'm in my own body. I don't know what is going on. I, when will this ever get better? And not a form of resentment but a form of like i hate this i hate feeling like this and i felt really isolated and really alone mentally because i a didn't know you know people say oh you have morning sickness but i mean i was i felt sick from the second i woke up until the second i went to bed and it was the most depressing feeling to wake up and count down the hours until you could go back to sleep
0: were you throwing up as well or was it just nausea i wish
1: I wish I was throwing up. I only actually, like, released, I think, three times. But it was sitting over the toilet, like, eyes blacked out, crying, like, saliva situation. But no real release. Like, it was just the constant back of your throat feeling. And I have had a history of concussions, one very serious one two years ago. And I still have post-concussion symptoms in the form of headaches. And it that is, like, my Achilles heel And they hit me really hard during my first trimester, especially. And, you know, like every other or most pregnant women, just incredibly tired and fatigued. And I'm a very go, 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 busy, like, let's do this type of person. And it wiped me out. And mentally, I felt isolated because I didn't expect any of this. I I mean, obviously, I wasn't looking for the information to give like to be fair. It's not like it's not out there. But I also just felt like, you know, oh, first trimester, you're a little sick, you throw up in the morning, and it's fine. (laughs) Um, So what helped you
0: navigate all that? First of all, I guess, what did you do to better connect with your body? Because you weren't recognizing, you know, like feeling like you were yourself in your body? How did or did you find a way to come to terms with that and better
1: connect? I think I found ways to cope. Um, For me, it looked like I meditate and, you know, really relying on my meditation practice. I also am a big fan of journaling and journaling a lot of this process of just my emotions to get them out. And I also feel part of the loneliness that can come with the first trimester is because so many people aren't sharing that they're pregnant. And so you can't have the, or not that you can't, but you don't end up having the support system because you're not sharing with them that you're pregnant yet. So for me, coping looked like relying on my family and friends and calling them and talking through these things. And honestly, my mantra that I just kept repeating to myself was surrender because I can be really hard on myself and that first trimester, you know, I'm someone who works out pre-pregnancy six, five, six days a week and I think I exercised twice my entire first trimester and instead of beating myself up over it or feeling guilty that I wasn't eating vegetables because I had no interest, I couldn't even be near them. I really just surrendered to the experience and I reminded myself that like it is temporary and it's all worth it. And even though I feel like I'm doing nothing all day because I'm laying on the couch and doing the bare minimum of work, I'm actually doing the most critically important job in this universe of creating life.
0: One thing that you said that I think we've got to shout it from the rooftop and more people need to hear is the part of the isolation that comes from not being able to share what you're going through. And there's this whole idea of, you know, maybe it's superstitious or not of not sharing until the first trimester is over. At the same time, that I think that's a great disservice to all the pregnant people agree because the reason we're saying no, don't say that is because if something bad happens, then you're going to have to share that morning. And it's more about our cultural collective fear of death and not wanting to sit with hard feelings because we don't know what to say. Like, it's just don't say anything just in case, so we don't have to go through this together. It's like, no. You need to say this because if I'm going through this, I'm going to need you so right. that I can go through it together. And come on, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to spare your feelings and just suffer in silence.
1: Right. And I also think that it does subconsciously elicit shame in something potentially bad happening. Not bad, but well, yeah, sad happening. You know, miscarriages. I had a woman on my podcast recently who's. Unfortunately, dealt with multiple miscarriages, and you, there's so much internal shame wrapped up in that when there shouldn't be. But I think as a society, because we're not sharing, because God forbid something happens, it also insinuates that that moment or that incident is shameful and it shouldn't be. So like I said, I shared with all my family and close friends very early because I wanted them there. You know, by six weeks, everyone important in my life knew I was pregnant. I get that's an anomaly. Um, and I, I don't think I would go back. Um, but I mean, I also struggle with anxiety. I, I have my entire life and my anxiety went through the roof during my first trimester. And that was something that felt incredibly isolating because on top of the anxiety, there were bits of depression of sorts of like, I don't like this. Why does everyone make it seem like pregnancy is this amazing thing that I'm supposed to love? Like, am I a bad person for not enjoying this experience?
0: And as I'm hearing what you're saying, there is so much mirroring of what you're experiencing early pregnancy to what happens early postpartum. Mm-hmm. Because pregnancy, giving birth, is all such a huge embodied experience. All these changes that you were saying are happening to your body. You're like, ah, oh, that ha- that happened almost overnight. Now I've got this new pain. Now I've got right. this new. Now I'm leaking colostrum. Now,
1: like, <laughs> what new thing are you every throwing day, at my body? Every day, I'm texting my doula. I'm like, is this normal? What is happening? What are some other of the weird things that you've been
0: texting your doula asking? Oh, gosh.
1: So, I mean, this whole pregnancy journey has surprised me. I get that I am naive and I went in a little blind, A, because it was a surprise. But B, I'm not someone that finds comfort in the, like, over-analyzation research of things. I'd rather—I like to be prepared, but— I also realized that my anxiety could potentially spiral if I started Googling every single thing. So I've decided instead to just trust my doula and my doctor and ignore Dr. Google. Um, So for me, honestly, this whole process has been wild, but very small things I'm noticing that I'm like, is this normal Um, first trimester? Obviously a lot was my anxiety, but also physical changes, the like hair everywhere. All of a sudden this body odor for me was a big one. And like on top of the nausea, it was just, I I hated smell, like the scent of myself. I was like, I'm going to throw up. Also just the heightened sense of smell of anything. We have a two year old puppy and even he's the love of my life. But during my first trimester, I couldn't even like be near him on a couch. I thought he smelled so bad. Um, Second trimester was like my honeymoon phase because I was starting to actually get a bump and it felt real. But the third trimester has been a lot of like random physical things, you know, obviously like linea negra, which I've seen on women, but I still don't fully understand like what it is. And I noticed it on myself one day. I'm like, uh, can, can, can someone explain this to me? Um, a lot of breast changes. I mean, like doubled in size, stretch marks galore. And colostrum is definitely starting to happen. So I get, they're very typical pregnancy things. But for me, I'm like, this is a science experiment to observe. It really makes you feel mammalian, right? It's crazy. (laughs) The body just does these things. It's it's so wild. I'm like, and our baby is so active and... I keep trying to catch him on video, but I swear every time I pull out my camera, he stops, which I think is a comment. Everyone tells me that happens to them as well. Um, but observing it, like the other day, I was laying on the couch in a sports bra and sweatpants, and my husband looked at me and was like, oh my God, you have a cone sticking out of your stomach. Like he had maneuvered himself in this weird position where his butt, was he was like twerking in my belly. And I mean, it's it's so wild to me. And I think during all of my struggles and moments of I don't love this, I keep reminding myself that this is superhuman stuff. The fact that we are creating a life inside of our bodies is not something that is lost on me and has been my like shining light through this entire experience because I think it is just absolutely mind-blowing.
0: Did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths per day? That is so many breaths. Now, according to the EPA, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to a 100 times more polluted. So then what is the solution for cleaner indoor air? For me, it's Air Doctor and their line of superb air purifiers that have captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and many more. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so that your lungs don't have to. This includes all kinds of pollutants, such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that can make you sick. Plus, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BIRTHFALL to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. And exclusive to podcast listeners, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to A I R D O C T O R P R O. And download the app to start creating your shared photo legacy. And I love the coordination with the body and then that being able to create a trust and connection with the body. If you look into physiology, nature tends to be economical, right? So, for Mm -hmm. example, the fact that your nipples are getting darker, well, babies see black and white when they're first born so it's literally Mm -hmm. it's a bullseye and then there's glands around your areola that secrete a scent like amniotic fluid so it's directly guiding your baby and so to me those things are fascinating and kind of like things
1: like that it blows my mind like oh that's why it's happening
0: and might try to help accept the yeah this i've got now now i've got these boobs but there's a reason (laughs) for it
1: I know and I honestly what I I keep looking down at my belly and I'm just like where is this skin gonna go like that is what blows my mind how our bodies can change this way and I really have tried to lean into that rather than focusing on how much pain I can be in in moments because it really is incredible and remarkable and I'm the first person that I've closely been around from you know conception to delivery, to really observe all these changes.
0: Now that you're third trimester, what has this been like? What are the things that have been surprising? Because second trimester tends to be that love period of you've got energy and you feel great. Yeah, it was amazing.
1: (laughs) Now what? The beginning of the third trimester was a little still the honeymoon phase. I had energy. I wanted to walk everywhere. I had this cute bump that I loved. I've now hit a point where I am starting to get very uncomfortable. Honestly, just like the pressure on my pelvic floor and my hips is a lot. I, as I'm sure most pregnant women feel, feel as if I have to go to the bathroom at all hours of every day. And it's, frustrating because all I want to do is go for walks and be outside and move and and not just sit down because sitting almost hurts more. But I will go to the bathroom and leave our apartment and walk three blocks and whoever I'm with, I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom again. So it's the constant feeling of needing to urinate and the hip and like ligament pain and For me, honestly, my sleep has just gone out the window the past two weeks, especially. And so I, again, am kind of leaning into that surrender mentality and trying to sleep when I can. And that looks like a lot of naps throughout the day when I'm able to squeeze them in. I just had an hour and a half nap before this um, because otherwise I just, I'm not a functioning human.
0: Yes. And how great that you are actually listening and trying to pay attention to your body as much as you can
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right not everybody can take a nap whenever their body's asking for a nap Mm -hmm. but if you can listen to that like it makes a huge difference and it's kind of preparing you for postpartum as well
1: right and everyone says that they're like oh you're not sleeping because your body's preparing you I'm like I know but I just want to sleep now um and what you mentioned is something I'm also very focused on is the gratitude I have for my current career, because I worked in a very different industry for five years in sales and trading um, on Wall Street. And it was a very intense, demanding, fast-paced job. And this entire pregnancy, I have been reflecting on the immense amount of admiration I have for women who are going through this in a corporate setting and remembering sitting next to two women who were pregnant and being like, oh, that must be hard, but not really having the understanding of what they're experiencing. I actually texted them both. And I said like, how the heck did you do this? And they were like, remember how we used to eat bags of gingers all day long and you just thought it was a fun candy we loved? Like it's because one of us was always pregnant um, and trying not to throw up at the desk. So it, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just so grateful that I have the ability to surrender because I know that that's not always the case.
0: And I wish we had more compassion. Yes. T- for people going through a pregnancy experience and more acceptance within the corporate world and any workplace, really, because it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning of we need to normalize the situation. We need to speak about it. We need to say, hey, you know what? I'm feeling like I'm need. i nauseous all day and I feel like I need to throw up or I'm throwing up five times a day. And instead of hiding it, you guys need to know about it. Right. Because it's not because I'm weaker. No, I'm stronger. I am here working and throwing up five times a day and Mm -hmm. nauseous all day long.
1: Like you do that, right? Oh, my God. Of course. And it's honestly been very eye-opening for me as the pregnant person but it's also been very amazing to watch the eye opening experience at like of my husband. And he has these like thoughts that come out of nowhere. So I'm like, no, I don't. What is it? And he's like, women are just expected to work up until the day they deliver. What is that? And I'm like, yeah, what is that?
0: I know we've talked a lot about like the negative things you've been experiencing and, mm-hmm. and things that have been difficult. What's been the best part of being pregnant?
1: Honestly, like observing my husband in this process of what an incredible human he is and just will do anything to try and make me feel better or to make my day better or just his level of excitement for what's to come. And then also just this new love I have for my body because I've struggled with body image issues in the past and I'm not going to act like pregnancy has been easy. It's like the ultimate test for those things. And I've definitely had moments of panic and struggle throughout this journey. But I also think I found an entirely new appreciation for my body, which is always something that I try to encourage people to, instead of critique your own body, we should be appreciating and actually showing gratitude to our body for working. And I have so much gratitude for my to my body or for my body for being able to do this. Like like we said, it's super human stuff. It is absolutely mind-blowing to me that there is a human growing inside of my belly, you know, uterus, whatever, but like in my body. It it's just wild to me. And so I think the newfound love and appreciation I have for my body has been Definitely one of the highs. Mm, Absolutely. Well, wait till you give birth. (laughs) I I can't. I I try not to think about it, but I don't understand how it's possible. (laughs) Because your
0: body is amazing and it shifts and stretches and moves in a way that will allow for this to happen, right? It's not a thinking brain process, it's a
1: physiological process. So you can't think about it. I'm like, my body knows what to do. That's my mantra for the end of this pregnancy.
0: So what have been, like, I want to know three things that have been life-saving during this pregnancy for you?
1: I would say the comfort and support of, like, friends. For me, that's been life-saving. Just having people to rely on, calling them, texting them, being honest with them. I'm having a really hard day. I need to vent, or I need support, or I just need to go on a walk. Who can just meet me outside and walk for 10 minutes? Um, That's been really, really helpful. Leaning into what I'm feeling has given me the ability to actually experience this pregnancy because whether that's I'm so tired, I have to say no to something or I just have to give myself the time to rest or I am so hungry and I want this exact thing and I need that exact thing rather than guilting myself over whatever the food might be. Um, Just leaning into that and really running with it and listening to my body. And then also, I would probably say the like cuddle times on my couch with my puppy or my husband, like my highlight. Those those are my three things that have been life-saving. Tangibly wise, if it had to be a product, bagels have been my (laughs) saving grace.
0: Bagels, I love it. How are you preparing for birth?
1: Um, so I am working with a doula. As I mentioned, I wanted someone to be able to rely on, you know, I love my doctor a lot, but I also realize that like, she has a ton of other patients and she's not there for me to like, the purpose is not for me to call her every 10 seconds if I need something. Um, so I'm working with a doula who I absolutely adore. And while it's been incredibly helpful for me, I honestly think it's been even more beneficial for my husband because he's learning so much as well. And like she said, a lot of this is for their relationships so that when we are in the delivery room, he is able to feel as if he's being useful and doing things rather than just being there and feeling like he can't help and mentally preparing him to see me in this much pain and not being able to actually change anything. So she's been amazing. But honestly, my plan when I think about birth is I am someone who is very plan oriented, but I also have a very hard mental time when I plan something and the experience is very different in my mind than the reality. And I know that about myself. And so I don't want to set this like dream exotic plan in my mind, because in reality, I realize I'm not actually in control. It's the baby. And a lot of things can go not as planned. And I want to be way more lenient and go with the flow in that process instead of holding on so tightly to this idea of like fantasy that I have for my experience, because I think mentally that would be really hard for me to let go of. So the plan is to get to the hospital before I deliver and to leave the hospital with a healthy baby no matter what that journey looks like in between. Um, And I just really keep leaning on that and that my body knows what it is doing. And women have been doing this for centuries in caves without any of these technologies or medications or anything. And so I will be able to do this in today's world.
0: And... Absolutely, like you can't plan what's going to happen. That circumstances. This is part of the process of learning. You're learning to be okay with uncertainty. What I do love to tell my clients is to then pick three words of how they want to feel during birth. Oh, I like that. Because that you can control. You can control how you show up. Mm -hmm. And then work with your team to and figure out how you can help yourself feel that way if things are not going the way you want. Like how can you go back, come back to that feeling of joy or being heard or groundedness, whatever
1: it is you want to feel. And this is a conversation I should have mentioned that I've actually been having with my doula because similarly to how I felt this way at our wedding, that the bride sets the tone because, yes, there are two people getting married and... Obviously, there could be two brides, but in my case, it was a bride and a groom. And yes, everyone's very excited. The groom is getting married as well, but the bride is like the focus. And she sets the tone for the night. And if I had been an anxious wreck over certain things it poured our entire wedding weekend, I think that a lot of people would have been anxious about the weather and it would have been a focus of conversation. But I was like, I don't care. It's raining. I'm here to party with all my loved ones. Let's have some fun. And I've been told by friends who have recently given birth, they're like, you set the tone of that room. So people pick up on your energy. Like you decide what's going down. And I want it to be a really fun, energetic, like lighthearted, I wanna be joking, I wanna be enjoying my time. I don't want it to be ideally high stress. And I realize that that's a dream for everyone and I'm not in total control of what's going to happen from a delivery aspect. So there could be high stress medically, but I want it to really be a joyful experience for everyone in that room. And I want to have fun. I want to make it a fun experience. So for me, I guess three things I want to feel are joyful, confident, and honestly, badass, because I think it's really freaking cool that these women do these things.
0: Absolutely. And I invite every listener who's pregnant right now to come up with their three words they want to feel and really
1: hone in on that. It's a good exercise.
0: So, similarly, what have you done to prepare for postpartum?
1: So, this is something I'm very aware of from a mental anxiety standpoint because I realize that a lot of women struggle with postpartum depression. And given my mental background, it's a large chance for me. Um, so, I do work with a psychiatrist who we've been working my entire pregnancy. And, you know, now my husband's starting to get involved in the conversations of just things to look out for, things to be aware of, things to watch and potentially like reflect back to me. And then really honing in on my husband and I want this to be an incredible bonding experience for the three of us. And leaning into the team aspect of everything. We're both athletes for our entire lives. We both played sports in college. And similarly, we think of the birthing as kind of game day and really just being a team afterwards. And, you know, we aren't having someone to live with us, but we have family very close by who can come support if we need it. Um, And taking this on with as much happiness and comedy and fun as we possibly can and then also just like I'm gonna prep a lot of meals like a lot of my favorite meals that I love to cook like soups and chilies and stews and just individually freeze a ton of them because we have a lot of freezer space so that we have easy delicious home-cooked meals for the nights where there's I mean for many days where there's zero chance we're doing any cooking
0: oh and nutrition is key it's mm-hmm. key for you feeling well, like that, and sleep, right? Right. Um, get a lot of one-handed snacks that don't need to be yes. heated up or cold. Bananas, right. granola bars, that kind of thing. Um. And I really appreciate bringing in the mental aspect of the preparation because we know that the incidence for postpartum perinatal mood disorders are really high. So I think, again, talking about the things we need to talk more about Is there anything else you wanted to make sure we got to or you want to tell the listeners before we close?
1: Honestly, I think what I've been telling for anyone who's listening who's pregnant is that no matter what emotion you're feeling during this pregnancy, whether it's a really happy one or a sad one or a emotional detachment or, you know, all of these things, you're not alone. You might feel very isolated and alone in the moment because many people aren't talking about the not so great aspects of pregnancy, but you're not alone. I can guarantee you of that. If I could just show people, look into my DMs, we would all realize a lot of us are feeling the same way. And that to me has helped a lot when I'm at my low moments, remembering that I'm not the only one feeling this way.
0: Cameron, thank you so very much for being on the show today and sharing your your pregnancy experience with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun.
0: That was Cameron Rogers, who is on a mission to make healthy living realistic and approachable. Cameron is the creator and host of the Freckled Foodie and Friends podcast. And since we recorded, she's had her baby son, Liam. So huge congrats to her. You can follow Cameron on Instagram at Freckled Foodie, and you can connect with Birthful at Birthful Podcast. So tell me, what resonated the most with you from this conversation? While it's fresh on your mind, why don't you take a screenshot of the episode and post it to Instagram with your thoughts. Make sure to tag at Podcast and at frecklefoodie so we can see it and amplify it. You can find in the in-depth show notes and transcript of this episode at birthful.com where you can also learn more about my birth and postpartum preparation classes and download your free postpartum preparation plan. Birthful is created and produced by me, Adriana Lozada, with production assistance from Asia Plotty. Thank you so, so very much for listening to and sharing Birthful. Be sure to follow us on GoodPod, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and everywhere you listen, and come back for more ways to inform your intuition.